Today, I, I, I want to share about the fruit of the Spirit. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit, how to relate with the Holy Spirit, and today we're going to learn something more about the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn about the fruit of the Spirit. And before I start, I would like to pray again. Close your eyes, bow down your head, and let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. Father, we put this time in your hand, Lord. We thank you very much for the opportunity to be here in this place. Listen your word. Thank you very much because we are able to be back again in, in this place with the, our brothers and sisters, Lord. It's an honor and it's a blessing. Father, I pray that you can help us to understand your word, that it may be clear to our hearts, Lord, and help us not only to be listeners, Lord, but to practice, to live the word that you are giving us today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I thank you. Amen. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit. How can I live a life that shows God's, God wherever I go? How can I be controlled by His power and not by my flesh? This is a question that everything, everybody normally asks. Because we are supposed to show God wherever we go. We are supposed to live a life controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by our, our own desires, by, by the flesh. And Paul the Apostle, he treats about this, this theme in the book of Galatians. We're going to read together now, if you want to follow in your Bible, Galatians 5, 16 to 21. Galatians 5, 16 to 21 say, So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is con contrary to the spirit and this and the spirit what is contrary contrary to the flesh there is like a, a fight between the flesh and the spirit they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you are led, if you are guided by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and every and envy, drunkenness, orgies and, and the like. I warn you, Paul said, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is clear that there is this fight between the flesh and the spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life, preparing us to the eternal life, as we can read at the end in Galatians 5.21 says, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I was a little bit shocked when I was preparing this word and when I started thinking that the fruit of the Spirit is something that is very important for us to work in our lives. Because the Bible says, if you can, you can search, you can read, you're going to understand this. The Bible says that we will not inherit the kingdom of God if we don't have this in our lives. 
This is very important. God wants us to work in our character. He's very in, he has a very deep interest in our character. It's something that we need to work on. We need to work on it. Amen. And I'm going to share some tips. How can you improve your character? We're going to learn more about that. The fruit of the Spirit are God qualities which He gives us when we are surrender our lives to Him and allow Him to control us through the Holy Spirit. The more you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, the more you're going to have this character in your life. You're going to have the fruit in your life. We need to live a full life and full of the fear of God. I remember when I went to the, we have here in church, we need to do it again, but we have the encounter with God. Who have been there to the encounter? Yes. Do you, have, do you remember good or bad things? Good things. Amen. Good things, good memories. And one of the main and most important memories that I have from my encounter with God, that when I left that place, I was full of the Holy Spirit. I was full of His presence in my life. It happens when you go, like uh, you go to a vigil, you pray the whole night. You have a, a time, like you, you spare a time just to be in the presence of God. After that, you feel like your life is full of His presence. And I remember after I went, I, I left the encounter, I was in my house. I was watching all the time how I am talking to my daughters, how I was relating to my husband. I was watching my words. I was paying attention to everything because I don't want to lose his presence in my life. Because it was so good to have that sweet presence inside of me that I don't want to lose it. And you watch, you, you, you are careful, you, you pay more attention. And I, I felt that he was always helping me and showing how to say things, how to behave. This is what I'm talking about. Can you understand? Amen? Amen? Raise up your hand if you're understanding. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. This is, this is the way that we, we need to, to, to relate with the Holy Spirit. Only when we surrender and we choose to go down this path can we produce the fruit of the Spirit. Our flesh will call us to produce fleshly fruits, work of the flesh. But before we met God, it was the way we behave. But now we can behave in a different way because we have the Holy Spirit with us. We are called to live and to walk this way. The Bible says that we, we are, it's for us to walk, walk with the Spirit. It's a way of living. It's a way of living. Amen? It, it shows, we are going to show external what is going on inside of us. Your behavior, your attitude is going to show what God is producing inside of you. For you to understand, like a branch only produces fruit if it's alive. If I cut a branch of a tree, is, is, this, tree, is this branch going to produce something? No, it's impossible. You only produce if it's linked with the tree. We are a branch and Jesus is the 
tree. The Bible says that he is the wine. He's the wine tree. And we are connected to him. You can read that in John 15. We are not going to read. But it's because there is this link, this relationship. Then we're going to produce the fruit. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is, let's say together, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There is no punishment. When this, you read this word law here, it means there is no punishment. If you are living this way, you are not going to be punished. Because you are following the, the, the path that God is calling you to, to walk. God does not make us like robots. robots. He gave us free will. This is important for you to understand. God is not going to change you and make you be a loving and kind person. This is something that you're going to have to choose. It's a choice. To grow, to produce fruits. It's our lives. It's, a, it's also a choice. The Holy Spirit gives us the seeds. He plants the seeds inside of us. And then we decide to produce the fruit. It's something that you have to think about. Do you understand? It's rational. You think about how to produce the fruit. It's not something magical. It's not something like God's going to touch you. Now you are a loving person. <laughs> you are kind. Ding! This is not magic one. It's not witchcraft. It's something God He's not work with witchcraft. Do you understand witchcraft? He's not. He's work with our mind because He created our mind, our soul. He created and He wants us to use our mind to do that. Amen. And we see God always talking about this in the Bible. For example, when the, when the people of God, was leave, uh, they left Egypt. And then we see God talking to them in the book of Deuteronomy. Like they are about to enter the land. God said to them, I put between you life and death. And then God says to, to them, choose what? Life. It's a choice. How do you make choice? You think about and then you decide, I'm going this way. Or you can go another way. This is the way God works with us. When we talk about Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, we see nine characteristics or manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. How do I grow the fruit? The seed you need to remember is already on you. You just need to prepare the environment like Pastor Mars said last week. It's like God put you in a greenhouse. You, you receive the life from the Holy Spirit. You prepare your heart and then the fruit will grow. There is no way for the fruit, for the fruit to grow if you don't prepare your heart. If you don't be in a place, in an environment that you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. You have to prepare this, this place. Remember... The fruit is singular. It, these nine characteristics, they will develop in your life at the same time. It's not like you're going to be like just loving and not self-control. You're going to have all these 
these nine characteristics in your life developing at the same time as you have this relationship with the Lord. Fruit are not, are not actions. Work of the flesh are actions. Fruit are attitudes. It's the way you do things. It's attitudes. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 20, we are not going to read, but he said that we will be know, known by our fruits. What I want to call your attention is that. Do you remember that verse when the, Jesus said, at the end, the people will come to me saying, Lord, in your name, I expel demons. I heal people. And the Lord will say, I don't know you. Why God is going to say, I don't know you? You can do a lot of things in the name of the, the Lord. But if you, if you don't have this relationship with him, if you don't have this, you don't dev develop this relationship with him, all your work has no value before the Lord. That's why I'm telling you, to be in the kingdom of the Lord, to be saved, God's not watching how you do miracles, but the intention of your heart. If I pray with love for someone, this is God's looking, he's seeing, he's doing well. But if you are praying, if you are doing things just to show up, there is no value. The value for the Lord is the intention of your heart, the attitude you do things. Amen? Let's look. I, I want to share with you the, the, each one of the, the fruit, the, the parts of the fruit. I'm going to talk now for about love and joy. I'm going to share a little bit of each part of the fruit. It's a lot. I, I will not be able to go deep. You, I found this week a book, a whole book, just about the fruit of the Spirit. There is a lot to study, but we're going to study just a little bit. The first character, characteristics of the fruit is love. Love. Love, it's a decision. You decide to love. It's not just feeling. If you think that love is feeling, you're not going to really understand what God is telling you. Love is a decision. You honor others. You are devoted to God. Do not allow the feelings to dictate your choice. Love, it's hope. Love is hopeful, it's persevering, it's trusting. Loving people keep hatred, apathy, and self-preservation far from you when you do not love we are keeping anger hurt and resentment inside us inside of us this this will only produce indifference in our lives it's very important that we learn to love others first of all we need if you want to love others the way god is calling you to love you have to learn to love yourself first. If you don't love yourself, if you're not patient with yourself, you're, it's going to be very hard for you to love your neighbor. And harder to love God. 
Because, for example, if you, if your father mistreats you, if your father was bad with you, it's very hard for you to love sometimes other people because you, you are afraid this, this person can mistreat you. But if you are able to forgive your father, then you love your neighbor. You love yourself because you forgive. You love your neighbor, then you're gonna love God. You're not going to see God as a bad man, as a father that is very always pointing the finger to you. Can you understand what I'm saying? Amen? That's why it's so important that we, we learn to love ourselves. Then we, learn, then we are able to love more people. And then we're going to love more God. The more I, I, I'm patient with myself, the more I love myself, the more I love my family. And more patient, more, more love I have for God. Amen. John 13 34 and 35 says a new command I give you look what Jesus said love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another this is a commandment this is not a feeling oh if you if you feel that you love him you you love no this is a commandment and God call us to love one another and we have to obey his commandment. Joy. The second one. It's a deep state of our soul that no circumstance, event or human can steal away from us. It's when you can delight in God and choose to, rejo to rejoice in all things. It's to be content even when things are not okay. Joyful people, don't worry, it's, it's okay. Joyful people are not guided in their actions by misery, sorrow, sadness, or despair. There is no room for those feelings in their mind. If we allow sadness, pay attention. If we allow sadness, then it can become mel mel melancholy. And then it turns in distress, like people crying without reason. And next step, depression. The opposite of joy is depression. When a person is, is suffering from depression, you cannot see joy in, his li in this person's life. Do you understand? Depression is the opposite of joy. And we, we need to find joy. We need to find reason to, to be joyful. And the Bible says in Philippians 4, 11 and to 13 says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what is to be in need, and I know what is not is to be, is, sorry, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Paul is telling us what's the secret to be content. In any and every situation, whatever well fed or hungry, or whatever living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. If you are aware that God is with you all the time, then you can be joyful. 
then you can have joy in your life. It's not because of the circumstance. It's because God is with you. Amen. This is how you can be full of joy all the time. Because you are aware that God is with you. He never leaves you. He never betrays you. Amen. This is how we can be full of joy. Peace comes from resting and trusting in the promise of God. It's choosing to work with others for a common goal instead of insisting on our own way. A peaceful people do not go to war with their actions and word. It's not someone who's always fighting and complaining and say, I don't want this way and complaining. A person with no peace is anxious. It's a person uh, full of anxiety. When the anxiety gets bigger, then cannot sleep. Having racing thoughts, anxiety crisis, racing heart, shortness of breath, panic attack, panic attack, and can grow even to OCD. It's ob obsessive compulsive disorder. You know that people who are always washing hands, checking if the door is closed, full of fear there is no peace in this person's heart if your your mind is always racing racing thoughts never stop you always anxious this is lack of peace we need to find in the lord the peace we need to rest in god romans 8 6 says the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Our mind needs to be led by the spirit. Amen. We need to be guided by the spirit, not by our flesh. If you are guided by your flesh, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel depression. You're going to suffer. Patience is as exhibiting calmness in the midst of stressful situations. When we accept the journey of growth, the growth others are in and do not over, overreact when people are not doing things to our stand. Patience is when you call your son or daughter to do something and you know this, your son and daughter is not going to be able to do the same way as you do. Because they are a child, they are young, and you don't overreact with this person. You just please him because he did something and helped you. Do you understand? Because sometimes we, we ask people to do something, but because they are not doing the way we like, they start, and you want to, okay, the person leaves and you go and do it again. Oh no, you're not practicing patience. You are, you are being very anxious. <laughs> you need to relax. You need to trust and you need to be happy because someone have done something for you and you, you, don't, need to, you don't need to do it again. Thanks, God. <laughs> relax, enjoy. Amen. This is patience. You, you don't become easily annoyed, agitated or not, oh, do not show intolerance or have a short fuse. When we are stressed, when we are a stressed person, you can destroy your relationship with your family members at work and with your friends. Say to the person beside you, be patient. 
Psalm 37:7 says, "Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Enjoy life. Don't compare yourself with others. God is with you. He's blessing your life. Don't feel anxious and willing to have things that you don't have. Be happy what, for what you have. Kindness, number five, is being genuinely kind to any, anyone and everyone. It's love and action. It's love in action with attitude like with your family. Kindness it speaks with a kind and gentle voice. A kind person don't, don't shout. Speaks with love and kind. Are you able to do that in your house? Say, please, honey, can you help me? Oh, it's a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> Normally, we prefer to shout because then the person trembles and say, yeah, it's going to come quickly. But this is not the way God's called us to do. God is calling us to be kind and speak with a gentle voice. Because this gentle voice heals people's heart. Do you know that? When you are gentle with each other, you are healing this person beside you. Because you are showing love to, this, to someone beside you. Kindness is a good sense. A kind person has a good sense of humor. It looks out for the well-being of others and shows compassion when needed. It shows courtesy and benevolence to anyone. When there is a lack of humor, we become coarsome. We are not kind, like we are fighting all the time. And we need to calm down. We need to be kind. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers, especially to your brothers and sisters in church. Amen? If your family... It's all in your family is a believer. Then you have a double um, chore. Like you have, you have to take care of them more than because they are f your family and, and, and the blood and family and Christ. Amen. Number six, goodness is truly desiring to help others. It does the right thing and challenge others to do the same. It is decent, honest, moral, honorable, virtuous, and fully of integrity. It's more than doing the right thing. It's making things right. You are making things right. This is goodness. When people are bad to others, they can feel hurt, full of pain in their hearts. And then bitterness grows. Our, and then our hearts become hard. As we are good to, to each other, we are producing a good fruit in people's life. But if you, if you hurt people, if you are bitter, and then if you are always fight, 
if you're not honest, if, you're, if you don't have this integrity in your life, then you're hurting people and you're making them sad. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. We need to be humble. We need to be nice to each other. Faithfulness, number seven. It's choosing to be true to our word and following through with our promises. Faithful people are not disloyal, nor they are flip, flippant with their commitments with family members, friends, and with God. If you are faithful, you cannot grow even in your... Sorry, if you are not faithful, you cannot grow even in your own faith because you are allowing doubts entering your life, fear, dread, and phobias. When we then fear to trust again, it's very hard when we are not faithful. It's very hard to trust people because we, we are afraid that they're going to betray us. We are afraid they, they're going to leave us. They're not going to be with us. It's hard. If you suffer uh, in, in relationships in, in the past and someone hurt you, it is hard for us to, to trust in people. But God wants us to be faithful to each other. That if you say something, you're going to do what you said. You're going to fulfill your word. You're not going to, to keep, uh, break your promise, but you're going to keep your promises. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39 says, and, and by, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who sh shrinks back, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. God is looking for people who are always walking with him, trusting in him and not stepping back in the way they live. You need to be faithful and walk with him every day. Amen. Eight, gentleness. It's allowing God to deal with others so that we do not have to take matters in our own hands when we are gentle. The way it's like an assertiveness that's not imposed. Like is the grace of the soul is being calm, serene, and tranquil. To be gentle, you need to be strong. Sometimes people think, oh, this gentle one is a very weak person. No. To be gentle, you need to be very strong. Because you have this strength to not go with others when they start doing things that you don't agree with. You just be calm inside of you. You, are, you, you don't need to revenge when someone does something against you you just put in God's hand and you trust that God is going to work for you this is a gentle heart you don't try to revenge you don't try to to do like things with your own hands but you trust that God is in control remember it's it's being strong but loving at the same time 
being kind at the same time. It's a, you need the strength from the Lord to be able to do that. Because normally our flesh wants to do the opposite. It's not bitter and severe. It's choosing not to pay back the same way people that mistreat us. Do you understand? You don't pay back when someone mistreats you. You just trust that God is in control. Ephesians 4, 2 said, says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. When I think about this, I think and the time when the church started. And the Christians, they were persecuted. They're, they were put in jail. And many of them were killed by lions and the Coliseum or they burn them that the Christians alive do you think if they don't have the fruit of the spirit they were able to face death that way what do you think it's easy to if someone catch you and send you to prison because you are a Christian how are you going to behave? You're going to fight for your rights. You're going to shout. You're going to kick them. When Jesus was caught to be crucified, how he behaved? Did Jesus fight, fought for his rights? No. This is the fruit of the Spirit. When we look to life, Jesus the life of Jesus we see this is this is a big challenge and by myself I cannot be like like this way it's hard I want to fight for my rights this is how, what God God is called us self-control the nine one it's not letting circumstance to cause us to lose control it's exhibiting moderation, temperance, and discipline. It's choosing under significant pressure to go after the important instead of the urgent. You go after what is important, not what is urgent. Sometimes situations happen and we are doing something, then we just leave things and we try to fix what's happening and beside of us. I know sometimes we have to, but sometimes we, you don't need to go after that. It's being able to control your tongue, your thoughts, your feelings, emotions, and your will. You do not sin, have no compulsive actions. It's a stable person with their money and with people. Like uh, when I think about self-control, I think about... Uh, be able to do diet you know when you decide you're gonna you want to lose weight I'm gonna do a diet and then you see a nice piece of chocolate and you think um, you go after instead of control can you understand what I'm saying this is self-control like when you learn if you have a goal you don't stop because you want to to, to fulfill the goal. This is why we need self-control. This is from the Holy Spirit because I know many times I try to do a diet and I'm 
fall because I, I'm tempted. But God wants to help us to not be tempted. Amen. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 3 and, and 4 says, It is God's will that we should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. He is talking about, is telling about uh, like if you are a single person or even if you are married, keep faithful to your husband and wife. Or if you are single, you keep faithful until you have a partner and you marry. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that the whole, in a way that is holy and honorable. Control your own body because sometimes say, "Oh, I did that because he did this with me." No, self-control. We are able to say no because we know what God is calling us to do. Because God calling us to be holy then we control ourselves. We don't sin against Him. Amen. And the question maybe you are start asking in your mind is, Pastor, how can I be this way? How can I have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life? It's a challenge, isn't it? It's not easy when we look to all this, because this is like a perfection. How can I be this way? Don't worry. You have a helper. Amen. You have the Holy Spirit to help you to be kind, loving, and self-control, and all these characteristics that I mentioned about the Holy Spirit. When we are truly guided by the Holy Spirit, we will have this attitude naturally. But sometimes we can relapse. Why? It's because we are allowing the flesh to make decisions to us again. We can change when we, when we realize our mistakes by repentance. Then we will return to God's presence. Then for me, I'm going to give you four like uh, steps, four things that you can work to help you to grow with in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. First thing, when you when you realize that you sin against and you relapse because we are not perfect we are human beings what you have to do confess and repent this is two important keys confession and repentance because you know when we are falling when we are walking with the Holy Spirit he is going to tell you, He's going to show you that you did something wrong. How, Pastor? How are you going to feel this? You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel something here in your heart that's not okay. And how you can improve? How can you come back to this relationship? Repent, confess, and repent. This is the key. Confess and repent. 1 Corinthians 11, 8, 28 and 29 says, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discernment the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment of themselves. We need to self-examinate our lives. We need to pay attention when the Holy Spirit is talking to us. And then we need to check. 
what's happened. And then we need to repent. This is very important. If anyone thinks that they are something, sorry, Galatians 6, 3 and 4. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. We need to test our own actions. We need to check and see what's going on. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. We need to check what's going on. And my question to you is, how often do you examine yourself? It's only on the Sunday that we have Lord's Supper in church. If you are waiting for do it just once a month, for sure your relationship with, with the Holy Spirit is very low. We need to learn to do it every day. Every day. Uh, it's very important. I do myself this every day in the morning when I do my devotional with the Lord. I always check. I always stop in the morning and I, I look how was my past day. And uh, But one thing I want to say, if, you, if the Holy Spirit show you that you did something like choose somebody else, don't wait until the next day to fix I'm talking about check reactions during the day that sometimes you are not aware. You have to check because when you go to pray for sure, if you did something, your heart is gonna, you're gonna feel heavy and you have to check. But sometimes you did something to your husband, to your wife, you have to say sorry straight away. But if you didn't realize that you, you, made, you made a mistake, for sure next day as the Holy Spirit convince you that you sin against your family member or someone and then you go back and fix don't you learn to fix learn to go back because this make us humble this make us start changing inside of us because the more you humble yourself the more you say sorry the more you you say forgive me the more you, your heart becomes broken and broken and then the Holy Spirit can work on you. Don't allow pride in your life. Amen. Second thing I want, I want to say to you that's something that I learned. Spend time with God every day. Like take time to have the devotional. It's not just reading the Bible to fulfill like a some task read the bible to to learn from the lord to to understand what he's talking to you spend time in prayer not just praying for others but to to learn to listen the voice of the holy spirit he's gonna talk to you for sure he will talk but you have to spend time with him learn to quiet to quiet your heart before the lord because sometimes we do this just as an obligation. It's very quick. Oh, I have to pray and I have to, to, to read the Bible because the, my leader said so. The pastor said so. Someone is going to ask me if I did. No, this is a way for you to develop the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with having devotional every day. 
If you can do it twice a day is better. When you wake up and before you go to bed. Three times, much better. <laughs> Doesn't need to be a long time, but stop to connect with the Lord. Amen. Three, walk with Jesus and walk with people that love Jesus. Matthew 11, uh, 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We are called to learn from Jesus. Amen? Because why I have to learn from him? Because the Bible says, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and we will find rest for your soul. If you want to find rest for your soul, connect with Jesus. Amen? Learn from him. Where? Reading the Bible. When we saw uh, Acts, the book of Acts, uh, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 13 says, When they saw Peter and John confidence and realized they were uneducated, ordinary men, they were very surprised. Why? They also recognized them as Jesus' companions. If you are a Jesus' companion, even though you, you never went to a college, you don't have a degree, but people can see there is something different in your life. Why? Because you walk with Jesus. You have this relationship with Him. This is the most important. God won't make you confident. Do you remember in this situation, they were, they were preaching the gospel and they were not afraid to go to jail or even to die. Why? Because they were, they were walking with Jesus. They knew Jesus and they learned with Jesus. You're not going to learn about the fruit of the, the Holy Spirit in books and the Bible. Just reading the Bible, you have to walk. You have to put in practice. You have to walk with people who knows about Jesus, knows deep about Jesus. Paul said, and we are not going to read, but Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, 16, that for us to imitate he was calling the people of Corinthians to imitate him. Uh, and he says, if you read more, he says, imitate me because I am your father. Who is your father in faith? Who is the person who is discipling you here in church? Do you have a father? Do you have a mother? Ask the person beside you. Do you have someone that is discipling you? That you can look to this person and see, oh, I see Jesus. I'm going to do what they are doing. You have to have someone that you, you mirror and say, oh, ah, I see how to behave. I see how to treat my, my family, my, my children, my husband, my wife, because I can see through this person. You have to have someone to to follow to mirror to look as a model as a role model model amen in a practical way like uh, we need this role model 
And all those relationships help us to see and to comprehend and realize where I need to work in my life. Because the, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 27, uh, 17, that men with men sharp. Those who work in the meat factory, you know, if you need a good knife, what do you have to do? You sharp iron with iron or the metal with metal. And then you have a good cut. You are able to cut. And how you going to be sharper? How? You have to relate with people. <laughs> going to have some shocks. Going to have some actress. You're going to have some uh, situations that you don't like. But then you learn because you are being <laughs> sharpened. Amen. This is how God works. If I look to my life 30 years ago before I married Marshall. And now I change a lot because... I'm relating to him and we are all the time. <laughs> and I, I learn, I have to be more patient. I have to love more. I have to be kind. I have to have self-control because if I want to, to have a good marriage, I have to. It's true, isn't it? If you want to grow, you, you're going to be sharp because if, say, if he, for example, if he says something to me, then I say no. And I, mm. then we're going to be far away from each other. But if I want, I learn, I'm, I'm kind to him. I say, okay, what do you mean about that? Tell me more. Explain why you are saying this. Then we are learning. Because sometimes I want my way and he wants his way. And how we can find a middle in this we have to talk we have to be kind isn't it <laughs> i see <laughs> this is and also dears one we have to understand god put us in church as a body of christ to learn from each other and the more we are together the more we relate to each other, we are being sharpened also. This is why it's so important to be together. We are very happy that we are able to be together again in church. The cell meetings is working again. The youth are having their meetings. Why? Because this relationship sharp us. If you keep watching this uh, service online, you're going to receive a lot of knowledge and understanding. But you are not being, you are, you, you are not relating to people. That's, if you, if you have someone that is not coming to church because is feeling a little bit afraid, invite them and say, please come. Come back to the, we are doing everything in a safe way. And as we are together, as we do things together, we are being, learning, we are being sharpened. And the fruit of the Spirit is growing in our lives. Because I know in, at home it's, it's nice. But it's, I relax a lot. Because there is nobody's going to call my attention. Nobody's going to say something to me. And I'm just in my safe space. But being together with others that are different challenge me. It's a big challenge. But I grow. I learn more. Amen. 
And the, 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 to, to finish up, just another thing that it's help, it helped us to grow in our, to be more fruitful, to have the, the fruit of the Spirit, is the situations. Because they will happen and you have to wait and watch. Because if you are asking God, for example, Lord, I think everybody prayed this way. Lord, please help me to be more patient with my family. You know what's going to happen? Patience not going to fall in your head. No. Trouble, like she said. You're going to face situations like, for example, you're going to be maybe stuck in traffic, waiting a long time in a queue in the supermarket. Or maybe you are doing something in your, with your phone or your computer and then suddenly it frees everything and I then someone say, I want to throw this in the wall. <laughs> no, be patient. If you are praying for that, God's going to send situations to your life. Amen. If you are praying for not feeling so angry, what's going to happen? situation trouble gonna challenge you you're gonna help you to be more patient more kind to people then just wait and watch when something happened that you are not enjoying that make you feel i don't like this just pray okay lord help me to choose remember it's something that you work here it's a choice help me to choose to to walk with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going with my flesh now. I know that you are allowing this situation to help happen. And I'm help me to go with you. To go with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you can just uh, deep, like a brief, very deep. <sighs> okay. <laughs> what I have to do now, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm feeling agitated here, but I don't want to sin against you. I want to please you, God. Help me in this time now. I don't want to sin against you. Amen. Let's stand up. We're going to finish now. Reading John 15, 4 and 5. Here Jesus said, Remain in me. And I will remain in you. Amen. Just as a branch cannot produce fruit unless it remains part of the wine. So it is, it is for you. You cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. The only way for us to, to bear fruit is to remain in him. Those who remain in me and I and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you cannot do anything the main challenge for all of us is to work in our relationship with him the more we develop this sensitive this like we, the more we are able to, we are tuned like Luciano said the more we are tuned to the Holy Spirit, the more we quiet our heart, 
the more we will be able to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all of us. Close your eyes. Father, we thank you very, very much, Lord, because you gave us a helper, the Holy Spirit. We know, Lord, that without him, we cannot fulfill what you're calling us to do. Lord, help us, Lord, to be able, Lord, to grow the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves and surrender to, to you every day. We know, Lord, that we can easily go back, Lord, but we need your help, Lord. And today we are here, Lord, to declare, Lord, help us to be connected to you every day, Lord. Always, Lord, listen to your sweet voice because we know that you can help us, Lord, to overcome our flesh. You can help us to overcome our weakness, Lord. You can help us, Lord, to be more close to you, Lord. To be more holy. To be more full of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And I bless my brothers and sisters today. And I declare, oh Lord, the strength, the peace, and the presence of the Lord with them, Lord. I bless each one of them, Lord. And I thank you very much, Lord, because you gave us everything, Lord, to live the life that you call us to live, Lord. You give us, Lord, every tools, Lord, that we need to fulfill the calling that you gave us, Lord. And help us, Lord, to be ready, Lord, for when you come back, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be holy, Lord, and to do your calling that you call us to do in this earth, Lord, that is, sh that is showing you whatever we go, Lord. Bless us, Lord, in our relationship in, with our family members, with the people that we work with, Lord. Even when we go for shopping, Lord, whatever we go, Lord, help us to shine the light of Jesus Christ, Lord, and to be a blessing for those who don't know you yet, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen.